Three, two, one. Friends, good afternoon. Tony Pellegrini here with the Center for Excellence in Teaching and Learning here at SUU and doing our uh, monthly uh, Teaching and Learning at SUU podcast. Uh, I love it here at SUU and I'm grateful for the opportunity to learn and grow along others. And we have a, um, a professor today, a, a, an associate of mine, um, Earl Maldering, uh, in our history department, uh, who has won uh, the Distinguished Service Award this last year. Uh, I don't know about one, maybe earned. <laughs> but, but I don't know if it was a competition, but I guess there were others. But he certainly has earned. He is certainly a service oriented. We're going to talk more about that today. But um, Earl, would you mind taking a moment or two and telling a little about yourself, a little about your background? And then I've got some questions I'd just like to pose to you. Sure. Well, thank you, Tony. I appreciate this invitation. And I'm flattered that you would like to uh, chat with me about teaching and learning. I uh, have been at SUU now for more than a quarter of a century, which of course makes me feel old, but I've been here 25 plus years. And prior to coming to uh, Cedar City, I taught in a variety of capacities within the University of Wisconsin system, which is where I earned my graduate degrees at Madison. I uh, came here not knowing how long I would stay, <laughs> but in my field of history, it's always a challenge to get tenure track jobs, especially in the most recent years. And so I was offered a tenure track job here and here I remain. Um, I'm a first generation college student and graduate and I'm proud of that. I attended Northwestern University on a full scholarship. And then I went to the University of Wisconsin, as I said, for my graduate degrees where I had a combination of student loans, employment, and uh, a couple of scholarships. So I've tried to work my way through the educational system. And I think that my background serves me well here at SUU because many of our students, as you know, are balancing work and family obligations. And many of them are also first generation uh, students. And so uh, I think that's one thing that I can bring to the classroom that um, helps me to better focus on our students' needs and, and, and also upholding the, the rigor of the discipline of history, which I've been teaching, obviously, for my entire career. Uh, beyond that, I can say that uh, I've been teaching a wide variety of history courses over the years, but I've also had administrative roles that include department chair, and I was, for a number of years, director of the Community Engagement Center. For the past couple of years, I've returned full-time to the faculty ranks and I'm excited actually to be focused on teaching and learning more about history um, these days. And I'm teaching entirely online in Canvas and I could talk more about that if you desire. Earl, thank you so very much. Uh, and thank you for sharing those, uh, oh, I, I'm gonna even say intimate details of your life. Uh, I think uh, as you were visiting, I, the thought Robert Frost poem came to me too, uh, roads diverged in a wood and I took the less traveled on. Uh, <laughs> as you came to Cedar, that may have been a less from Wisconsin, that may have been a very less traveled on road for you, but what <laughs> benefits and what uh, joy uh, you've enjoyed by taking that less traveled road. Um, uh, you know, the other thought that came to my mind, oh my goodness, 25 years. Um, uh, uh, 
you have to really love something, don't you, Earl, <laughs> to be associated with it for 25 years. You have to really have a passion. I know you have, you've expressed your passion about history, but what do you really love about teaching? And, and you mentioned that love of getting back to your learners uh, and, and getting back to your students, even if it is online or through Canvas. What do you really love about connecting with and, and teaching here at SUU? I've enjoyed having a lot of autonomy and opportunities to do different things as a teacher. Um, and I think back to my use of technology or my promotion of service learning or my opportunities to participate in programs like EDGE and Jumpstart and University of the Parks and service learning trips to places like Ghana and Kenya. These have all been great opportunities for our students, but also opportunities for me as an educator to always feel a sense of openness uh, and a desire to innovate and some flexibility in how I approach my teaching. And I've continued to evolve as a teacher and I've really appreciated again, Tony, the, the autonomy that I've had to do that here at SUU. I also do appreciate our students who are earnest. Most of them are hardworking. Many of them, especially in history classes, have a passion for history in the same way that I might. And so, uh, that's something that I, I do love about teaching at SUU. I've had pretty good colleagues over the years. I certainly believe that our discipline of history is well represented here at SUU by very accomplished uh, teacher and uh, scholars. And uh, I feel proud of working in this discipline at SUU. Um, beyond that, uh, next question. Absolutely, and I have to, when you share, it just gets me off track a little bit. And I, I love that. I love that. Um, the thought came to me as you were sharing, uh, particularly, uh, you know, as a, a first generation uh, college student, Earl, as a 16 year old, even a 20 year old, could you even have imagined some of the opportunities that would have been available to you through your, your teaching and your learning here at SUU? Well, it's, it's interesting you ask that because um, when I was in college, I had an opportunity to go to Australia where I did an independent history project. And that is what motivated me most to stay as a history major and then to pursue graduate study in history. And instead of going to law school, which I could have, uh, I opted to uh, pursue an academic career. And so that experience in my college years is one that I think continues to shape my approach to teaching and learning that I really encourage students to get out of the classroom, to learn outside of a traditional classroom setting, to travel abroad if they can, to do summer study programs if they can, to do service learning or community engaged learning outside the classroom. Those are things that I enjoyed as a student and which I still love to do as a teacher here at SUU. That's a, a wonderful opportunity, both for teachers, but for the learners that we get to engage with as well. I have to just giggle a little bit. I'll try not to go too much off topic, but I'll just giggle just a little bit. Uh, I, one of my children, my, one, my oldest son, uh, was going to be a math teacher. I got out in student teaching and decided, you know, this just really isn't for me and went on to become a lawyer. And I told him, I shook him just a little bit and said, the world does not need more lawyers. We need more teachers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially, so, especially smart teachers like your oh, son. I recall him from one of my classes. Oh, he was very accomplished. And uh, yes, we could use more smart teachers. That's for sure. 
Oh, it's it, it's wonderful. And that's why we love to, to, to be here. You've talked a little bit already, but I wanted to at least give you a little bit of more time to just take a moment to, um, to address how you connect your lessons uh, in your classroom, in an online classroom, to the real world. Uh, how do you deal with the content of history and the history that your learners are experiencing? Oh my goodness, we've had a couple of good years of history. <laughs> it's last to talk about, but... Um, what are some things that you do to connect your lessons to the real world, Earl? Can you share some for us? Uh, sure. I uh, Early on, I, I promoted service learning and integrated that into uh, several of my history courses where students were required to do projects outside the classroom with an, an organization or nonprofit or family uh, activity in which they applied some historical skills and knowledge in doing a project that benefited someone else. And so service learning or community engaged learning, I think, is a really strong way to apply lessons to the so-called real world. And subsequent to that, I promoted community engaged learning across the entire university uh, in promoting the Carnegie Community Engagement Classification, which SUU obtained in 2010 and again in 2020. Um, so community engaged learning, in my mind, is one of the better applications of real world lessons. And it's a it's a pedagogical approach that can be used in any discipline and virtually any class um, by practitioners who want their students to learn beyond the classroom. In addition, I will say that in most of my history classes, I have assignments and activities that encourage students to uh, look beyond our readings and to uh, think about parallels between events in the past and today's world and contemporary issues. And so that's another way that at least history doesn't feel like a dead subject, but it feels like it's something that informs the present and perhaps students can learn that way through it. Um, so those are a couple of ways that I, I approach that, that issue. Well, it is certainly easy for me uh, to see and to feel and sense uh, your enthusiasm, even your passion for history, for community-engaged learning. Uh, and uh, as a student uh, of yours, I could see it very easy to, to, to be connected with these concepts and principles that you've shared. Uh, tell us though, do you ever have a reluctant learner? Is there, <laughs> do you have someone who maybe drags their heels just a little bit? How do you, how do you reach out and engage that, that reluctant learner? <laughs> well, I'm laughing, Tony, because I have seen reluctant learners in especially our introductory history survey classes, such as History 1700, American civilization. That's a course that students can take to fulfill a basic degree requirement. And some students are reluctant, especially if they've had poor experiences with history classes in the K-12 system. With reluctant learners, I, I really try to have a variety of assignments in my classes that might appeal to different types of learning styles or strategies. I try to mix it up between individual and group activities, between writing activities and web-based or movie-based learning activities. Um, with some students though, uh, they will probably always be reluctant. <laughs> and I can only say to them, which I do perhaps more than I should, is that they will probably appreciate history more as they mature and become older. In fact, some of my favorite learners are non-traditional students because they often have said, they didn't like history when they were in high school or in college, but now that they're a little older, they really appreciate 
history as a discipline and something that informs their own lives. So I often think that reluctant learners may be less reluctant as they uh, grow themselves and experience a little bit of life beyond college. Um, otherwise, with reluctant learners, I also do try to encourage them to select projects or select uh, learning opportunities that have some personal meaning for them. So within the structures of the course, I give students a fair amount of latitude in picking projects and, and ways to present their historical inquiry I, in ways that I hope um, cater to their interests and their skills. Thank you. Thank you so very much, Earl. Um, uh, certainly, uh, uh, I, I want to just take a moment and talk a little about the the, the, the Canvas instruction, the online, the distance instruction that you mentioned. Um, uh, it's got to be a different world that we live in, that you live in, that we live in, Earl, <laughs> that uh, it's not a history 1700 uh, from 9 to 10 on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, now with Canvas and Zoom and all of these tools that we have available to us. What are some things that you do in this new world in which we live in to, to make yourself available? accessible to the learners that you connect with? Well, certainly within my Canvas courses, I'm pretty active in sharing announcements and messages and making it clear that students can contact me at any time through Canvas. And also uh, I make myself available through Zoom office hours. I try to respond quickly to students concerns and messages. I try to turn around my grading of assignments within a short period of time so that they get feedback that is uh, prompt and hopefully helpful. I also um, try to, I use rubrics in grading many of my assignments that are fairly clear to understand. But then in addition to the rubrics, I also provide written comments. And something I've done in recent years that has been extremely helpful, I think, is to share with students exemplary work by other students. I removed their students' names, but I, I share exemplary work like essays or, or journal submissions or final projects. And that helps students to realize that there are students doing high quality work. And I think sometimes students can learn best from others in that way. Um, so those are just a few of the ways that I try to try to do that. That is wonderful. They're very, very helpful. Uh, just kind of one final question for you, and then I promise I'll, I'll let you address any questions maybe that I haven't asked that you'd really love to answer. But uh, I certainly, and I think our listeners will feel the same, that you are absolutely a wonderful model in uh, lifelong learning and being a lifelong learner. What is something maybe that you haven't really figured out about teaching and learning here at SUU? What are some things that you'd like to continue to study and grow over the remainder of your career here? Well, that's a really good question, Tony. Take a I moment, take I, a deep breath. You, you don't, <laughs> you take a deep breath. I think one area that I, I don't think I've mastered, in fact, have yet to really explore, is how to use social media more effectively in teaching history. And, I do have colleagues who have done a much better job than I have in using things like Instagram or Twitter accounts or Facebook. And so I have not embraced those forms of social media. And so I, I think that's probably one area where I could learn more 
And I think by learning more about social media and, and the teaching applications of those, I could probably better um, understand where our students are coming from in terms of their approach to learning, where they gain their information and how they know what they know about the world or about the past uh, through the discipline of history. So that would be, I think, one area that I would probably uh, feel a need to explore more is, is that of social media and, and the teaching applications of those. Exciting. I expect to see your name on a, a thesis associated with that in the next couple of years. <laughs> we live in a different world today, don't we? Earl, mm -hmm. I sure wanted to leave the last word absolutely with you. Um, anything that with your wisdom here at SUU that, that I haven't asked or that you'd like to share about teaching or learning from your perspective, that words of wisdom to us. As I think back on my experiences at SUU, I, I think I can say that SUU continues to be impressive as a dynamic institution. I've seen a lot of changes here with uh, leaders and faculty, approaches to uh, pedagogy, and I think the fact that we are an evolving and dynamic institution suggests that we're doing well in confronting the challenges of the 21st century. I think that uh, while faculty always would like to have more of a say <laughs> in how a university is managed, I do think that by and large, SUU is very well poised for the next uh, few years or decades of tremendous change within the arena of higher education. Um, certainly, Tony, given your experiences and mine, we've seen a lot of things happen in higher ed. And uh, I think SUU has done well to protect itself and even to thrive in what is a very competitive and challenging environment for higher education. Um, so perhaps I'll end on that happy note. <laughs> that is a wonderful note. Uh, the, the future is so bright. I think, Earl, even you and I need shades. We've got some wonderful opportunities before us. Earl, thank you so much. What okay, a dear friend you, you are. And I'm grateful for your willingness to participate, friends. If you have a moment and you see Earl, give him a high five or an elbow bump, <laughs> whatever is uh, socially appropriate. Keep our distances. Amen. Let's keep our distance, but at least give him a good wave and a smile and a wink uh, for his uh, support and effort. We're sure appreciative of it, Earl. Thank you for all you do. And we'll see you next month, everyone, in uh, our continuing series. Thanks, Earl. Thank you, Tony. Take care. You too. Bye-bye now.